Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, and This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi there, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go back for our final fourth part look at the British Museum in central London. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. The Department of Prints and Drawings holds the National Collection of Western Prints and Drawings. It ranks as one of the largest and best print room collections in existence, alongside the Albertina in Vienna, the Paris Collections and the Hermitage. The holdings are easily accessible to the general public in the study room, unlike many such collections. The department also has its own exhibition gallery in room 90, where the displays and exhibitions change several times a year. Since its foundation in 1808, the Prints and Drawings collection has grown to an international renown as one of the richest and most representative collections in the world. There are approximately 50,000 drawings and over 2 million prints. The collection of drawings covers the period from the 14th century to the present and includes many works of the highest quality by the leading artists of the European schools. The collection of prints covers the tradition of fine printmaking from its beginnings in the 15th century up to the present, with near-complete holdings of most of the great names before the 19th century. There are groups of drawings by Leonardo da Vinci, Raphael, Michelangelo, including his only surviving full-scale cartoon, Durier. A collection of 138 drawings is one of the finest in existence. Peter Paul Rubens, Rembrandt, Claude, and Watteau, and largely complete collections of the works of all the great printmakers, including Doya, 99 engravings, 6 etchings, and most of his 346 woodcuts, Rembrandt and Goya. More than 30,000 British drawings and watercolours include important examples of work by Hogarth, Sandby, Turner, Gritton, Constable, Cotman, Cox, Gilray, Rawlinson, Town and Cruikshank, as well as all the great Victorians. The collection also contains a unique set of watercolours by the pioneering colonist John White, the first British artist in America and first European to paint Native Americans. There are about a million British prints, including more than 20,000 satires and outstanding collections of work by William Blake and Thomas Berwick. The Great Eleven volume catalogue of political and personal satires, preserved in the Department of Prints and Drawings in the British Museum, compiled between 1870 and 1954, is the definitive reference work for the study of British satirical prints. 
over 500,000 objects from the department are now on the online collection database, many with high-quality images. A 2011 donation of £1 million enabled the museum to acquire the complete set of Pablo Picasso's Vollard Suite. The Department of Britain, Europe and Prehistory is responsible for collections that cover a vast expanse of time and geography. It includes some of the earliest objects made by humans in East Africa over 2 million years ago, as well as prehistoric and Neolithic objects from other parts of the world, and the art and archaeology of Europe from the earliest times to the present day. Archaeological excavation of prehistoric material took off and expanded considerably in the 20th century, and the department now has literally millions of objects from the Paleolithic and Mesolithic periods throughout the world, as well as from the Neolithic, Bronze Age and Iron Age in Europe. In addition, the British Museum's collections covering the period AD 300 to 1100 are among the largest and most comprehensive in the world, extending from Spain to the Black Sea and from North Africa to Scandinavia. A representative selection of these has recently been re-displayed in a newly refurbished gallery. Important collections include Latvian. However, the undoubted highlight from the early medieval period is the magnificent items from the Sutton Ho Royal Grave, generously donated to the nation by the landowner Edith Pretty. There is also a large collection of medieval signet rings. Prominent among them is the gold signet ring belonging to Jean III de Grailly, who fought in the Hundred Years' War as well as those of Mary, Queen of Scots, and Richard I of England. Other groups of artefacts represented in the department include the national collection of some circa 100 icon paintings, most of which originate from the Byzantine Empire and Russia, and over 40 medieval astrolabs from across Europe and the Middle East. The department also includes the national collection of horology, with one of the widest ranging assemblage of clocks, watches and other timepieces in Europe with masterpieces from every period in the development of timekeeping. The department is also responsible for the curation of the Romano-British objects. The museum has by far the most extensive such collection in Britain and one of the most representative regional collections in Europe outside Italy. It is particularly famous for a large number of the late Roman silver treasures, many of which were found in East Anglia, the most important of which is the Mildenhall treasure. The museum purchased many Roman-British objects from the antiquarian Charles Roach Smith in 1856. These quickly formed the nucleus of the collection. Objects from the Department of Britain, Europe and Prehistory are mostly found on the upper floor of the museum. With a suite of galleries numbered from 38 to 51, most of the collection is stored in its archive facilities, where it is available for research and study. The Department of Africa, Oceania and the Americas is one of the most comprehensive collections of ethnographic material from Africa, Oceania and the Americas, representing the cultures of indigenous peoples throughout the world. Over 350,000 objects, spanning thousands of years, tells the history of mankind from three major continents and many rich and diverse cultures. The collecting of modern artifacts is ongoing. Many individuals have added to the department's collection over the years, but those assembled by Henry Christie, Harry Beasley and William Oldham are outstanding. Objects from this department are mostly on display in several galleries on the ground and lower floors. Gallery 24 displays ethnographic from every continent, while adjacent galleries focus on North America and Mexico. A long suite of rooms, Gallery 25 on the lower floor, display African art. There are plans in place to develop permanent galleries for the showcasing of art from Oceania and South America. Africa 
The Sainsbury African Galleries display 600 objects from the greatest permanent collection of African arts and culture in the world. The three permanent galleries provide a substantial exhibition space for the museum's African art collection, comprising of over 200,000 objects, a curatorial scope that encompasses both archaeological and contemporary material, including both unique masterpieces of artistry and objects of everyday life. La primavera llegó y eso significa limpieza a tope. Ya sea que necesites comprar cositas de limpieza o cambiar tu ropa de invierno por ropa fresca, asegúrate de usar iBora para recuperar dinero por cada compra. Ahora mismo iBora ofrece a nuestros oyentes 5 dólares solo por descargar usando el código la música cuando te registras. Simplemente ve al App Store o Google Play Store y descarga la aplicación gratuita de iBora para empezar a ganar reembolsos. Usa el código la música. Eso es I B O T T A en Google Play o App y usa el código la música. Hey Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison, and, and as as this born. man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to. Come to, on. What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet <laughs> the british museum's oceanic collections originate from the vast area of the pacific ocean stretching from papua new guinea to easter island from new zealand to hawaii the three main anthropological groups represented in the collection are polynesia melanesia and micronesia aboriginal art from australia is considered separately in its own right metalworking was not indigenous to oceana before europeans arrived so many of the artifacts from the collection are made from stone, shell, bone and bamboo. Prehistoric objects from the region include a bird-shaped pestle and a group of stone mortars from Papua New Guinea. The British Museum is fortunate in having some of the earliest oceanic and Pacific collections, many of which were put together by members of Cook's and Vancouver's expeditions. The Americas collection mainly consists of 19th and 20th century items. Highlights of the collection include Aboriginal Canadian and Native American objects from North America, collected by the 5th Earl of Lonsdale, the Marquis of Lorne, the explorer David Haig Thomas, and Brian Mullafey, Mayor of St. Louis, the Squire, and Davis' collection of prehistoric mound relics of North America. Two carved stone bowls in the form of a seated human figure made by the ancient Northwest Coast peoples from British Columbia. One of the enigmatic crystal skulls of unknown origin, a collection of nine turquoise Aztec mosaics from Mexico, the largest in Europe, several rare pre-Columbian manuscripts, a collection of pre-Columbian human mummies from sites across South America. The Department of Coins and Medals The British Museum is home to one of the world's finest numismatic collections, comprising of about a million objects, including coins, medals, tokens and paper money. The collection spans the entire history of coinage from its origins in the 7th century BC to the present day and is representative of both East and West. The Department of Coins and Medals was created in 1861 and celebrated its 150th anniversary in 2011. The Department of Conservation and Scientific Research was founded in 1920. Conservation has six specialist areas – ceramics and glass, metals, organic material including textiles, stone, wall paintings and mosaics, Eastern pictorial art and Western pictorial art. The Science Department has and continues to develop techniques to date artifacts analyze and identify the materials used in their manufacture, 
to identify the place an artifact originated and the techniques used in their creation. The department also publishes its findings and discoveries. The Libraries and Archives Department covers all levels of education from casual visitors, schools, degree level and beyond. The museum's various libraries hold in excess of 350,000 books, journals and pamphlets covering all areas of the museum's collection. Also, the General Museum Archives, which date from its foundation in 1753, are overseen by this department. The individual departments have their own separate archives and libraries covering their various areas of responsibility, which can be consulted by the public on application. The Anthropology Library is especially large, with 120,000 volumes. However, the Paul Hamlin Library, which had become the central reference library of the British Museum and the only library there freely open to the general public, closed permanently in August 2011. The website and online database of the collection also provide an increasing amount of information. It is a point of controversy whether museums should be allowed to possess artifacts taken from other countries, and the British Museum is a notable target for criticism. The Elgin Marbles, Benin Bronzes, Ethiopian Tabots and Rosetta Stone are among the most disputed objects in its collections, and organisations have been formed demanding the return of these artifacts to their native countries. The Pantheon Marbles, Elgin Marbles, claimed by Greece, were also cited by UNESCO, among others, for restitution. There is also controversy over artifacts taken during the destruction of the Old Summer Palace in Beijing by an Anglo-French expeditionary force during the Second Opium War in 1860, an event which drew protests from Victor Hugo. The British Museum and the Victorian Albert Museum, among others, have been asked since 2009 to open their archives for investigation by a team of Chinese investigators as part of an international mission to document Chinese national treasures in foreign collections. In 2010, Neil McGregor, the former director of the British Museum, said he hoped that both British and Chinese investigators would work together on the controversial collection. In 2020, the museum appointed a curator to research the history of its collections, including disputed items. The British Museum has stated that the restitutionalist premise that whatever was made in the country must return to an original geographical site would empty both the British Museum and other great museums of the world. The museum has argued that the British Museum Act of 1963 prevents any object from leaving its collection once it has entered it. The museum owns its collections, but its trustees are not empowered to dispose of them. Nevertheless, it has returned items such as Tasmanian Aboriginal burial remains when this was consistent with legislation regarding the disposal of items in the collections. In recent years, there have been several protests against the British Museum's relationship with the oil company BP. In May 2016, the British Museum was temporarily closed after a Greenpeace protest. In February 2019, hundreds of people occupied the museum in protest against the BP sponsorship. In February 2020, 1,500 demonstrators, including British Museum staff, took part in a day of protest over the issue, occupying 11 of the museum's rooms. The PCS union said, the museum had a duty to recognize the escalating climate crisis and cut its ties with BP. In reply, the museum said, We are aware of the comments from the PCS Union and will continue to liaise with the British Museum, PCS branch, and our staff more generally. The British Museum has an ongoing collaboration with Google Cultural Institute to bring the collection online, which it's doing and is quite vast already, so we look forward to seeing more of this happen. So, I hope you've enjoyed our four-part look at the British Museum, some of the departments, the building, how it was created, and where it is now.
If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places that you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk, or through our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you've enjoyed our podcast, and we'll see you soon for another one. Bye. Thanks for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.